What's up, guys? Welcome back to a new episode of Ice Cubes and Peppers. I'm Melody, your host. In the last episodes, we talked about the inner critic. So basically, the voice that's telling you that you are not good enough in all kinds of situations. And we talked about differentiating the inner critic from your own voice. Now we are talking about how to politely make the critic go away. This process is not easy, but yet it will save us a lot of negative energy in the future because let's be real here, the inner critic is very is very exhausting to have in your head all the time. Um, I just wanted to say that I read the book Self-Esteem, 4th edition by Matthew McKay, PhD, Patrick Fanning. This book is really great. A lot of these informations information that I got is from there and it actually changed my life when I was 16 or 17 I read it when I was you know seeking out validation from guys all the time to feel some kind of validation for who I am because I couldn't give it to myself and this book came into my life at the right time so let's start right away so we are trying to you know get rid of the inner critic (laughs) and the first thing to keep in mind is that there are external circumstances that can make your inner critic start a conversation like you know your boss fired you for example the inner critic may be like oh that's because you're a shitty worker because you're not good at the work you're doing because you didn't give a hundred percent you should you know get better um actually not only get better you should be perfect at it so and then there are um yeah situations where the critic is just starting to talk how do you notice that when you suddenly feel depressed or sad and you're like nothing nothing really like happened like i just walked to the kitchen and then back (laughs) that's probably because your inner critic was talking to you and you didn't really listen. It was kind of like a little voice. So the first practical tip when you feel this depressed feeling and it's very like a familiar feeling, maybe for me kind of like a numb feeling, look at how your body feels. We call this also a body scan in the field of meditation where you kind of check your body from head to toe and you close your eyes and you really feel into your body and look at what each part of the body feels like. This is meant to ground you and yeah, be where your feet are instead of where your inner critic is. And then observe the intrinsic situation that is going on. So what is the critic saying right now? Because you identified that there must be going on something right because you're set out of nowhere so now we're analyzing the critic's voice and we're asking ourselves the question what emotion is it that the inner critic tries to protect me from or what emotion does it want me to feel for some people the inner critic is trying to protect them from guilt for example or from the fear of rejection or is trying to feed the perfectionism by basically saying that you know 
if you don't get back on track, if you don't, if you don't work out right now, even though you're, you literally worked for 48 hours and you just want to chill for five minutes, then you're a loser. And then you are unlovable. That what, that's what it usually comes down to. So there is a lot to unpack here, right? It's also important to ask oneself, where is the perfectionism coming from? The whole thing of, you're not doing this good enough. So, yeah, a lot to unpack. Keyword, tobacco company. What does that have to do with the inner critic? Um, well, <laughs> in this book that I mentioned, they make this really good analogy of comparing the tobacco industry and the inner critic. The tobacco industry once quote-unquote researched the link between cigarette smoking and heart disease, and their results were, uh, nope, y'all are crazy, there's no link between these two. <laughs> Everybody knows that the tobacco industry solely wants you to sell cigarettes, right? And so no one trusted this research and their arguments be because we knew the ulterior motive, another keyword. So in the process of you know, politely moving your critic out of your brain, telling it to, you know, find find another home. It's important to realize that the inner critic always has ulterior motives. We know that the inner critic may be your parents or maybe your aunt or someone that raised you or simply the voice of society. And these pe people can all say different things. For example, um, I am a little bit confused right now. Uh, yeah, regarding perfectionism, your inner critic may say you didn't do this well enough. You have to get back on track. No time for relaxation. And we know that the inner critic is saying that because your parents used to tell you that and you adopted the thought and your now inner critic keeps saying that to you because you feel like it pushes you it gives you motivation in a sense to get better and therefore maybe one day actually feel better so what the inner critic is trying to do here it's trying to give you some kind of emotion you know it's nothing that you can grasp in the moment but it wants you to feel better one day and it thinks that well i mean you know your parents told you if you get an a in every class and then do this and this and this, just perfectionist things that are just, you, that there's, there's just like no way, like no one has everything together, you know? Well, they told you, then you will be a good person if you do that, right? So you adopted that thought. And yeah. <laughs> or um, what also happened a lot when I was younger, it's just coming to my head right now. I will tell myself that these guys oh this one specific guy oh he would never date me i won't even reach out because i feel like he's just too good to be true <laughs> literally be, every guy literally just had blue eyes and blonde hair or brown hair like <laughs> it's like that's all it takes so i put him on a pedestal because he had these blue wonderful ocean eyes okay <laughs> and what did that pedestal do i never reached out because ugh, I'm 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 not good enough, right? What does that protect me from? 
Can you guess? Take a guess? Right? Rejection. I could not get rejected. If there's no reaching out, you know, and he won't reach out because he doesn't freaking know me. Okay. So here we actually have the inner critic trying to pre protect us in a really toxic way, like it always does. Sometimes the inner critic, to me, like if I put it, you know, try to imagine the inner critic as a person. And obviously the inner critic may look just very different. Maybe just for you, it just looks like your mother or your father. <laughs> But I imagine it because it's kind of a funny picture. Imagine, you know, just like Jeff, the 50-year-old guy next door who's like trying to do something new and he's totally stuck in that whole toxic masculinity thing and all that. And he's also a fitness trainer, right? And so when he's trying to motivate his clients at the gym and they're doing squats... He's just saying, if you can't lift a certain amount of weight today, you will remain fat and you will remain undesirable, you know, which leaves clients very depressed at the end of the session instead of actually motivated. And Jeff could have motivated his clients easily. He was saying that they are already better than yesterday, you know, but he chose a toxic way. <laughs> That's the inner critic as a person. The inner critic also doesn't know any other way sometimes, you know. Jeff, like, also grew up in a household where... This was just a common thing to say, and this was a common motivation strategy and a way to, you know, integrate or cultivate discipline into the family. So Jeff doesn't know any other way, you know, he just doesn't. <laughs> so he's screaming at his clients at the gym and everyone's like, what the hell? Okay, that's kind of the inner critic. So... These were a lot of information. I feel like if you never really heard of that concept, it was a little bit to think about, you know. Write down all these questions that I mentioned throughout the episode till now. And now I want to look at questions that I received in a live stream. And I also saw um, these questions actually at another influencer's page and i was like okay this is a common thing i knew that this was a common thing that people would ask themselves but i thought maybe it was just a projection of my myself you know because i used to ask myself these questions as best uh, i can't talk right now especially when i was in the vicious cycle of binge eating you know to kind of also roll back to that um You know, because when we're binge eating, we're um, our emotional eating, we are doing this not really voluntarily. We feel like this is something we can't control, and it's like a little demon who's doing this, and we can't control. And this is something that is not um, in in balance with our own values. This doesn't fit, right? So we hate ourselves for that. Like, I remember looking back at the time where I really binge ate every day and emotional ate every day. I would hate myself for it because I knew I didn't feed my body right. I would gain weight, which, you know, the ulterior motive we all have sometimes is to only lose weight and finally get rid of it. Because we feel like we are undesirable with all that weight on. Which leads us 
to the one question that is in our heads all the time if we binge eat and in general for a lot of people, even if they don't suffer from binge eating disorder. Will I feel better about my body and more desirable if I lose weight? I'm answering this at the top of my head. I don't have any uh, notes on that question because I just wanted to pour my heart out for this one. Um, the thing is, I can't be your relationship therapist, first of all, because I'm not a therapist, second of all, because I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> so, but I've been, I came a long way of, you know, really just trying to get any validation I could from guys. That was also when I was overweight. If that's something that's interesting you, because I know that we're all focused on weight and the correlation between weight and being overweight and being thinner to being more desirable and feeling more desirable. That was the question, right? I lost a lot of weight now. And I do say that it gave me a better feeling in the way of I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, something changed. I can see that now, you know, but not always. Sometimes I look into the mirror and I'm like, well, I mean, kind of changed now looks different than like one year ago, but I feel like I'm, I gained weight just now, <laughs> like just five minutes ago when I looked into the mirror, I look completely different. And I somehow the way to the kitchen, um, I just gained five pounds, you know? Not to talk about numbers here. I don't really do that on here. But the thing is, if I would have, if I wouldn't have read this book that I mentioned, and if I wouldn't have um, read articles and educated myself about psychology and all this stuff, this whole field that is so big, um, I don't think I would be at this point where I could even have lost weight. And even if I lost the weight like I did, I would still not feel desirable. Because the problem for me was, and for a lot of people in general, you place all of your worth and value into the way you look which is something that is very, it's fluctuating, right? Not only your weight. Dude, we're all getting older. But 35, I don't know when the time will come where I will look into the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, the first wrinkle, right? And since it's, society is always saying to us, dude, you got to look young, even though you're 75. This will probably also be a big part of my life one day. And if we always place the value and worth and how desirable we are into our appearance, which is something that fluctuates, it's not the rock in the, in the water, right, that I always talk about. And no matter how high the tides are, the rock will always stand there. Appearance is not that. It fluctuates. It's actually the tides. And... Getting away from that concept is not an easy thing to do. 
because I've been through it. <laughs> Where I truly started to appreciate myself and not text back this one toxic guy that doesn't appreciate me and doesn't see the value in me. And that was the time, because I know you're interested in that, that was the time where I was overweight. I already knew my value. I really did. And especially when I started this weight loss journey, because I had this knowledge and this self-trust that I cultivated, I was able to lose that weight. I do not think, and that I mean from the bottom of my heart, that I could have done it if I wouldn't have these tools and skills. So, will you feel better? Will you feel more desirable? I do feel better because all these components of binge eating, of just waking up and feeling shitty because of the amount you ate yesterday because you had a binge, that is not there anymore in my life, which is something that just makes you hate yourself because it's a part of you, right? It's a certain pattern that you, you know, don't like. You do something that doesn't match with your values, as I said. And we we don't like other people who don't match our values, right? If you're like very anti-Republican, for example, and you see a Trump supporter, you're like... <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather not talk to you, right? Sometimes. Just an example. So if we do that to ourselves, obviously we turn against ourselves. And then also because I finally started to put more value on what I can do and who I am as a person, which is something that also comes when you're growing up. I do feel like, though, a lot of generations before us especially and a lot of people in general, they, they grow up and they don't grow out of it. They will always look for for someone with a great appearance and all that. And the way you do one thing is the way you do everything else, right? I said that in the last episode, I guess. So in regards to black and white thinking. So if you place that much value and worth on how someone looks that day and in general (laughs) you will do the same with you then it's a whole concept that you can find in all areas of your life and we have a lot of these concepts by the way (laughs) place your own value on who you are not on what you do fight club I don't know if you watch this movie, has a really great great quote, the things you own end up owning you. Also in regards to materialistic things, if you place your own value on materialistic things, that's something that fluctuates even more. You could lose your job today and then will you just never go outside again? Will you hate yourself that much? You have to know that you have to place your value in the very essence of who you are. That is something that will never fluctuate who you are, your authentic self, which is also who am I even? What is my authentic self? And what are parts that society kind of pressed me into to be, you know, some kind of mold? Yeah, (laughs) a long answer, right? Place your own value on your character 
And I feel like there actually is nothing wrong with also placing, you know, or like being proud of what you can do regards in regards of sports, your hobbies, what you achieve. But it should not take up more than like 30%, I would say. Because that's just something that fluctuates as well. If you break a leg and you can't do the sports anymore and you always achieve so much in that sport and in that game, you still feel great because you're like, hey, I'm still a valuable person and I'm valid and all that. Will you feel more desirable? That is my emotional observation. I do think that... Um, when you lose a lot of weight, I mean, your face changes also, you know? I mean, I looked very different one year ago compared to now. I, you know, my 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 face was bigger and, um, I mean, I it made me look kind of cute, like, um, <laughs> like a little hamster, you know, just from the face. I definitely got guys back then and I have to say I get more guys now probably but that is just my emotional feeling i've never calculated this shit <laughs> you know um also the desirability is it's so much about your self-confidence but everyone will tell you this so no if you don't have the tools and the knowledge about how to place your value in the very essence of yourself and who you are you won't feel better about yourself if you lose that weight. And that is just the truth. Will you be more desirable? Well, if you're insanely insecure still and you avoid all eye contact, not that that's something that is undesirable. I mean, it is kind of a symptom of a lack of self-confidence sometimes or like insecurity and a lot of things. <laughs> then these things come off as you know a little bit you're you're shutting yourself away from all that's going on you're isolating yourself and you don't even want to go out and whatever you're still not in the right headspace and people will know that and you may be desired by people because especially girls and women out there you are desired in general <laughs> and guys you are too okay that is just the truth. There's always someone who will want you and desire you. The thing is, self-confidence does does a lot and goes a very, very long way. <laughs> really, it does. And also, you can measure and calculate that stuff like, how desired am I now? <laughs> okay. You will find... Sorry. You will find someone... And the thing is also that I, you know, my therapist used to ask me this, like, Melody, um, you're talking about guys and how they won't like you because you are, like, overweight right now. But would you really just want to be in a relationship with someone who does not want you when you are overweight? And when you lose weight, they all of a sudden, they're like, okay, hi, here we are. And now thinking about it, no, it's absolutely disgusting to think about the fact that there are probably guys who didn't want me back then but now they would want me because that means they base all of my value on my appearance and guess what I base all of my value or most of my value on my character and I want my partner to do the same thing <laughs>
Some food for thought. <laughs> okay, the next question and the last question. Will I finally find a partner if I lose weight? See, what I just said is just like a great transition to that. If your partner, potential partner, does not like you and finds you unattractive and just undesirable, like, then bye, BRB, see you never, <laughs> for real, because, like I said, your partner should see the essence of who you are, your authentic self should see you in vulnerable situations, love you for your vulnerability, also be physically attracted to you, but someone who's attracted to you that is that's that includes character and appearance both right and you want someone to put more value on your character you want someone who's making sure that you're actually a great match long term right and you <laughs> let's be real here even if you lose that weight and you're just not having matching personalities Like, okay, now you're in that relationship with this one hot guy that you always wanted to be in a relationship with, but he's not funny. <laughs> and he does not like you watching King of Queens every evening. And he he doesn't like to go to the gym, and you love to go to the gym. <laughs> okay, it's just not a match. It's like, find someone who, you know, is a match character-wise, okay? And who values character. Damn it, I'm repeating myself. <laughs> you can find a partner now. But you probably should not if you're asking yourself this question of will I finally find a partner if I lose weight? I can also make a whole episode about this and this is so hard to, to break down a couple minutes There should be a foundation of self-worth. The rock that is always there, no matter how high the tides are. That is self-worth. That is a steady self-worth. And that's when you will find a partner who values you. And who sees, hey, she may be overweight. To come back to that overweight topic. Okay, she knows her value. She's a great person. I am physically attracted to her and there are thousands of people, thousands of people, millions of people who want you as a partner. Stop looking for that validation so extremely and so intensely because that will attract people who like to see you in that state of frustration that is alarming if you attract someone in that state that is alarming that person probably likes people who are that vulnerable so they can manipulate you and treat you shitty but that's a topic for itself i hope you guys enjoyed this episode this really was one of my favorite episodes so far there's so much to talk about i will talk about um the inner critic in more episodes to come I don't know if it will be like a series, if it will continue this the next week or then the week after. Thank you guys so much for listening, even if it's just a couple of you. But 
um, I don't really care if even if one person is kind of, you know, happy that this episode was released and listened to to the whole thing, even that's crazy. And thank you so much. Um, follow me on Instagram at Melody, M-A-A-R-R. And we'll see each other next week on Sunday. Have a good day. I'm Melody, your host. Bye.